Yo, 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 Jamie, what are you doing over there on your phone? Yeah. Oh, I'm just paying uh, some friends for dinner we went to last night. So I'm using Zelle mm, because I had a lot of quesadillas, right. <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of, you know, dinero yesterday. So, um, yeah, I'm paying them back through Zelle. It's really easy and, you know, convenient. I love Zelle. I just use Zelle because shout out to Miss Yaya. I went to a comedy show with her the other day and she fronted the money for the tickets. And then I just used Zelle to pay her back. And it was so simple. And the show was very funny and Zell handled my money and that rhymes wow okay. look at Rachel spitting yeah. about Zell okay um, chicka chicka uh, mm-hmm. okay and what about you Frank <laughs> I know Frank uses Zell I had to guys a lot of places in the city right now are not accepting cash and I was out with my brother and guess what he paid with Zell oh I paid with Zell should I say because I paid him with Zell afterwards so it worked out great for me it's a family you know? affair it can be a family affair um yeah. Look, Eloero, Zelle is a great way to send money to family and friends no matter where they bank in the U.S., okay? Money sent goes straight into the recipient's bank account, typically in minutes between, you know, enrolled users. You don't have to download another app, which I love, because it's probably already in your banking app. And if you're wondering, like, yo, is it in my banking app? Do I have a bank that supports Zelle? It's in over a thousand different banking apps. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know what, maybe if you're in Banco Unpopular, maybe it won't be in that one. <laughs> but it should be in your banking app. You know, if not, I would get a new, I would get a new bank because, you know, Zelle's great. Um, and guys, for your birthdays, I'm probably going to send you a Zelle gift. Ooh. Oh, Throw a couple yeah. bucks in your Zelle I account, can't. you know, buy whatever you want. Nice. I welcome it, and I'm looking forward to the Zell notification. <laughs> so, LOLs, look for Zell in your banking app today. Hi, summer temperatures are upon us. The sun. Yeah, try the veal, tip your waitress. Have a good night, everybody. It's the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Yeah. Do you not Ooh. see that I'm tanner than I was last week? I'm yeah. so happy about that. Do you finally Hi. get that uh, at-home spray uh, spray tan machine? No, this was done at home, but outside because oh, the yeah. sun be shining. I seen you in the backyard, girl. I'm out there in my oasis. Hi, it's your friend Rachel La Loca. A bit tanner this week, feeling a little golden. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who else is here? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Is Jay Fern still still pale? Still with my uh, yes, I can confirm that. (laughs) All right, right, Jamie. The summer's coming around. You'll be all right. This is Frank Nibs from the Heights. You know what I mean? You know how we do. Frank, you're looking a little, 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 little sun hissed, a little sun kissed. Yo, it's it's, especially on the bald head. Yeah, yeah. I went from one of my walks. The sun was out this week. I I came out, you know, you know, sparingly, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting to spring. Feels good, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel so good? Like the sun's rays. It just gives you a feeling. The vitamin D. I mean, it's Mm. just great, guys. Go out and enjoy it, even if it's just for a few minutes. You know, it just it's amazing what some fresh air will do. Well, here we are again, and I'm so happy to see my brother. 
brethren. You all look great. Likewise, we're we're likewise. some busy bees in the streets, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What up, mm-hmm. what up? Yeah. Yeah, yo, we've been going to events and stuff. Let me just say, um, I took part in a really interesting comedy show Ooh. over the weekend. Rachel's always I doing some experimental comedy. Hmm. She was one of the first people to start doing Zoom comedy shows. When we yeah. were like, wait, what? There's a, what, what you, so you're in the Zoom and people come see it in the Zoom? You know, we were asking her questions. She was, she was like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try it. Exactly. So, so what's this one yeah. about? Well, you know, I love these kinds of shows. I actually didn't even talk about on this on this podcast yet, but I went out with Yaya the other day and I saw a show called Shtick and a Pole. And Shtick it was and a Pole. Shtick, like the Yiddish J- yeah, Jewish yeah, yeah. Shtick and a Pole. And mm. basically, it was a comedy show where there were stand-up comics, well-known TV writers performing, like great stand-up comics. And in between each comic was a pole dancer. Oh, yeah. Oh, a pole okay. dancer. Man, that sounds good. Sounds like something Frank would, like, pitch. Yeah, definitely. It was amazing. It was burlesque-type <laughs> stuff and wow. comedy. Wow. You got to check that's it creative. out. Stick in the pole. They've been around for like eight years, nine years. But that's mm. not what I guessed judged over. Uh, <laughs> in, in Damn, the I would have no. helped you. Frank would have been there. He would have been <laughs> laughing with a bunch of singles. <laughs> Can I just point out something that imagine sitting in at a comedy show and a pole dancing show, like the myriad of emotions that you feel. And actually the host called it out. The host was like, tonight you're going to leave like with your gut hurting from laughing and horny. So it's going to be, you know, some great, great sex in tonight. If you have a partner, maybe you'll find somebody outside. I forget, but you know, Ah. she, she went into it and was like, have fun. Okay. So I guest judged a show called art smackdown. Like the smack it down art yeah. smackdown. Okay. And it's it's produced by f- some friends of mine from uh, the old school sketch show family. Uh. You know, the show that was at the People's Improv Theater and then at Asylum and then they did virtual. I think I've been mm. in that show four times. It's an amazing, the longest running sketch comedy show in New York City. Nice. Old mm. school sketch show. Anyway, so shout out to Slaney Rose Jordan and Phil Casal um, and uh, Micah. Like they came up with this show where a guest judge develops two challenges for actual artists, like artists, like visual artists that either paint, draw, use crepas, Photoshop, whatever it is. And they're from across the country. It was live on Twitch. You guys know about Twitch, right? Twitch Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Yes, yes. So it was live on Twitch. And I gave them challenges and and stories behind the challenges. So the first challenge was I've spoken about it on this podcast. Now I'm into hiking. And the first time I hiked was when I went to the red carpet premiere in Utah for the Tuttle Twins. I was Ah. like in this beautiful mountainous area right side of my hotel. And I did not have hiking clothes with me. So I put this picture on Instagram with like my Zara faux fur coat, my (laughs) Louis Vuitton, my Louis Louis Vuitton clutch, my Jordans. And my, I remember my friend Amy was like, what the F are you wearing hiking in Utah? So I told them that story. Um, and I've since learned how to hike in better gear. I've now been on three hikes. I'm very okay. excited. And um, they, so I'm showing you guys the artwork here. I'll have to post it on my Instagram. These pictures are phenomenal. Wow, Look, they even dope. grew the gray stripe. They grew like a rock formation. With What's that like, called? That's like a very well-known place in Utah, that, that rock, right? That's like a very, that. Is, 
these guys were like scientists and artists. I mean, they had one of me where oh, I was uh, an adult <laughs> girl baby. You're in the baby in, Bjorn. The baby Bjorn. I'm in the baby Bjorn. Just my Holy face superimposed shit. on a baby. It's so great. So I really had a great time. That was one of the challenges. Um, yeah. And then the other challenge was just about like reflection. It was an amazing show and so funny. Check it out. I think the replay is there on Twitch. And again, it's called Art Smackdown. And Art hey, Smackdown. I'm open. I love these kinds of shows how creative i love when like creativity is displayed and things like this are fused art and comedy pole dancing and and comedy it's you never know what you're gonna get so you know like our guest says in this interview you'll hear later on experiment go for it you know what Mm, i mean sky's the limit jamie you've been busy too going to events and stuff event (laughs) i did go to this uh recent event which was um it was called the um the diagio day night market um and it was presented by the house of slay Ooh. Ooh. and and house of slay is a collective of kind of like a lot of these you know uh well-known fashion people you know they shine a light they their their purpose is to kind of shine a light in all the 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 rich asian cultures um that exist you know especially during aapi heritage month which is this month oh, which we honor and celebrate yes all right. All right. yes so this market was one of the ways that they this uh one of the ways that they do shine a light because it had you know um you know a lot of really well-known asian restaurants for in the city mm. they were there you know giving out um giving out samples there was art there was photography from um asian photographers must have been on point the food must have been good man oh yeah well they have one of my favorite so me and fatima my wife we went um and fatima's filipina so she was just like yo like really proud to see kind of um her culture like kind of representing in this cool event and um but one of me and me and hers favorite restaurant fish cheeks which is like where's that? Um, it's all the way down, like uh, it's near Broadway and Lafayette around that neighborhood. Okay, I heard about that. Uh, I think I heard about that place. Okay, so that's a spot right there. That's like the that's like a cool, like daytime brunchy type. You're not getting brunch food. You're getting like like really good uh, Asian food. But it's just this. There's uh, I'm hooked on that spot. And, okay, um, I and I get my right. Thai iced tea and I drink that like oh that shit is good. I drink like two of those where it's like, they're like looking in at the me plastic like, really? cup. You want another one? You get it in the plastic cup? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I oh, pour it on yeah. my food. That's how much I like it. No, um, <laughs> what? But they had uh, and they had some. You know, they they had a lot. The liquor was was free free open bar. You know, with the Aye. drinks. Jamie was saucy. And they had like Smirnoff was there, Tanqueray, mm-hmm. Tequila oh, Don wow. Julio, Johnny Walker. You did it up, son. You did it up. No, yeah. We we kept, the bartenders kept seeing us <laughs> over and over again. It was just like, I, I started feeling bad. I'm like, yo, is he going to just think that we're taking advantage? And Fatima was just like, nah, that's what this is here for. You got to get like the, they know it's free. Yes. They want sips to lips. That's what they want with their different brands. Shout out to Diageo and all their fabulous brands. Wow. In the yeah, no, it was great. Um, they had people, vendors there selling kind of jewelry and 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 some clothes here and there. So it was a really cool event. And we got the, you know, 
we got the pleasure to interview one of the members of the House of Slay. Ooh. Um, she is she's the co-creative director of Oscar de la Renta. Que, que. What, what? That's the, that's the Dominican. So you know yeah. Latinos. Dominican and, you know, the Dominican, yo, in the building, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and she's a member of House of Slay. So, um, and so her name was Laura Kim. Uh, and Laura Kim, she gave us a really cool interview. Now, this interview was done in the in the kind of thick of the of the event, so mm-hmm. it was loud. You couldn't find like a quiet place. Oh it basically, man, things like, were jumping. It was jumping. The party was, was jumping. I was looking for John Krzyzinski, but I couldn't find a quiet place. So, <laughs> um, and so we just we sat down. You know, we had you know I had my phone audio on, so. Um, the whole interview, if we post the whole interview, it's just going to be, it's going to kind of, you're going to hear a lot of noise. So, but there are excerpts to the interview that I think are cool. If we, All if right. we g- give you a snippet of it, you know, some, cause I think she really kind of, uh, she was an awesome interview. She was really cool down to earth. And, um, and she, you know, she gave us 10 minutes in the middle of this event where her and her crew were like taking like you know they're all fashionista fashionista so they they're taking pictures everywhere they got the poses of course you know they got their smizing wow. you know um yep. so i was like i felt bad i'm like oh i don't know if i'm gonna interview because like they they were just they were just posing everywhere but eventually we got her to sit down laura kim and here's a, a a quick snippet we chose a snippet that probably wasn't as noisy as some of the other ones so check it out laura kim and um, we'll be back. Hi. Hi. I'm here with uh, Laura Kim, co-creative director of Oscar de la Renta, all right, and a member of the Fashion Forward Collective House of Slay. Uh, before we get into the the event we are we're at tonight. Um, which is uh, the Diageo the, the Day Night Market presented by House of Slay in NYC. Um, can you tell our audience, the Latinos Out Loud audience, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more about yourself? Uh, I'm Korean. Yeah. I was born in Korea. I actually grew up half in Korea and half in Canada, and I came to New York to study fashion when yeah. I was 18. So I've been here for 20 years. I see myself as a New Yorker more than anything else. Hey, yeah. And I'm a fashion designer living in a very diverse city. Yeah. And I want to support everyone. And tonight we're supporting Asian culture. Yes. This event is awesome. Um, like I said, it's a, the Diageo the Day Night Market presented by House of Slay. So now, can you tell us a little bit more about the House of Slay? the creation of it, its mission, its vision, its purpose, yeah. and what it represents? So, five of us, group of friends, we were hanging out, having fun, always talking about fighting for minority, being a voice for someone who don't have a voice. So we started the House of Slay to support people who can't fight for themselves, yeah. like we want to become the voice for them, and I think together you can actually make a bigger impact than fighting for something on your own. Yeah. And something like this tonight, like this event with Yajio, who also have a similar belief for supporting minority, fighting for racism, things like that, um, for diversity. Mm-hmm. So it's a great event that we can do this together and. 
I think tonight I love that we have like one of my three of my favorite restaurants here. Oh yeah. So, well, one of mine's I can see this. Our, one of our favorite restaurants is Fish Cheeks. Oh my gosh, that's so the spot good. right there. Yeah, no, <laughs> that restaurant like it's always packed. Yeah, but it's so good and amazing drinks tonight. Like oh. my favorite is Johnny Walker has um, green tea ginger cocktail. Okay. It just makes me feel healthy that I'm yeah. drinking green tea and ginger. <laughs> nice. I see. We haven't had that yet, so yeah, we gotta so get that one now. It's a health drink. It's a health yeah. drink. Yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> a healthy Friday night yeah. drink, right? Uh, you guys even have like a web comic online, yeah. and, and 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 they were selling um, uh, really cool sweaters with yeah. with the with the animation and stuff like yeah, that. We're so superheroes. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Forget the X-Men, forget the Avengers. It's all about the House of Slay. Um, I think it's, what we're trying to say, like doing a superhero comic book, was that like everyone can be your own superhero. Yeah. And like be yourself, have fun, be amazing. Like you can be whatever you want. Like also the creative person, I think it's really important that you have to be comfortable being yourself and be amazing about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is this is taking place in AIP AAPI yeah. Heritage Month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and Adios out loud, you know, every Hispanic Heritage Month, we definitely like go all in. We will do yeah. live shows. Um, we definitely try to just like, you know spread the word about music, it. Music, dance parties. Right. Yeah. yeah every, but. So, we can't compete with that. Oh, no, well, tonight is... is, is so we're going to compete with food. Yeah, food, <laughs> everything, no. Um, so so what does AAPI Heritage Month mean to you personally? I think for me, um, there's a lot of, lot, lot of different parts of Asia that we don't always think about. Yeah. So it's like recognizing everyone and remembering who they are and what it means to be in America. Like so the culture that like it's like a tapestry almost that yeah. we all created together. That's awesome. For me that's the most important part. Yeah, definitely. Um so we were talking about this event, um and House of House of Slay is partnered with Diageo and its brand. So yeah. They got Smirnoff, Pink Lemonade, Tango Ray, Tequila Don Julio, Johnny Walker. Um, and we're drinking all of those tonight. Uh, don't mix too much. <laughs> no, no, no mixing, no mixing. We're gonna like stick to like uh, two maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's one that we, yeah, I've already had one that I'm, I drank the same one like three times. But I'm gonna try the one you recommended. Um, and so you, you were kind of talking about like how an event like this shines a light on all the, yeah. the rich Asian cultures. Uh, during, especially during API Heritage Month, um, any more any specific ways you think that this event is specific, specifically doing that? I think the fact that it's a party, I think yeah. it's really fun because you want to do it in a fun way. You don't want to like lecture someone about right. the culture. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a perfect partner to do it with. And I mean, the karaoke rooms here. Oh yeah. Uh, and there's like shopping mall. I mean, there's food sections. I think like enjoying our culture is the best way to represent ourselves. Yeah, there's there's photography, yeah. there's vendors selling like jewelry, and, and so it's great. This whole event is awesome. Um, so how is House of Slay's partnership uh, with Diageo reaching out to the API community to, to combat anti-Asian hate? A lot of you know, a lot of that yeah. recently, like you know, even in 
especially like here in New York City. Like, so how how are how's House of State reaching out to the community? I think by being together, yeah. being enjoying together, and being inviting to other cultures. I think that's the only way you can do it. Instead of like been fighting for it, there's so much you can pass the message. Being together, having fun, and there's it's like a more easier way to spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so a specific question too for you. Um, what has your experience been as an Asian woman in fashion, right? Were there any specific challenges that you faced? Yeah. Honestly, like I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great for me. Yeah. Because um, I don't know why, but it was like it was very easy for me to be in fashion. I mean, all my colleagues are gay men and they love me. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And I think when I first got my job with Oscar de la Renta, I met himself. Like, it was so fun working with him because I was very different to who he was. Like, yeah. He was a male. He was Latin man. Yeah, like, Dominican Republic. Yeah. Dominican, sorry, Dominican listeners will be like, all right. I mean, they're like, they love having fun. But like, I'm like the opposite. I'm very like disciplined. I mean, he was very disciplined too, but I'm like a boring version. Like, more <laughs> like a nerdy. It's yeah. an Asian thing. I think it makes a good balance. Yeah. And I think he really appreciated that. And yeah. I appreciated him for being so fun and amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was for me, like, my experience was amazing. Like, perfect. Like, I, I, didn't, I can't even, like, I never even dreamt about having such an opportunity. And I mean, I, I, I checked out your Instagram. And recently you were in the White House. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Like, that's yeah. something to brag about. Like, and uh, the first lady was... was yeah. All decked out, right? In the Oscar yeah. de la Renta. Because she wears Oscar so much, I love her. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, that's great. And so how was that? That was just a great experience. Just Yeah, you know, I actually wasn't going to go because like this is a really busy week. Yeah. And my CEO's like, you know, when president sends you an invitation, you should go. And yeah. I was like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But honestly, more than me, like... My parents saw it and they loved it. Like my friends were like really excited for me about it. It's almost like I did it for our community. Yeah. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I'm falling behind the schedule. Like I shouldn't have skipped work and this and that. But then I'm like, after I like, came back from the trip, everyone was like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Oh yeah. Got to go see the president and I'm like, Okay, yeah, like, yeah. I see why. You got caught. You're getting caught, caught up yeah. in like, just your own thing, but you're like, oh wow, this is like, yeah. this is big. This and is I'm big. Like they are representing all of us. Represent definitely. Yeah. And so we're wrapping up. Laura, thank you for the thank for this so interview. Much. It was so awesome to get to know you. And I'm sure the the listeners now, um, having heard this interview, they uh, where can they follow you and 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 or uh, the House of Slate Collective? Yeah, Pokey Bumbles my Instagram. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you again. This event is awesome. Again, it's the uh, Diageo Day Night Market presented by House of Slay, uh, and I think this is gonna air after after the event is done. Yeah. But it's, it was it's such a great event. Had a great time, and it's representing the Asian culture in a in a great way. So yeah, all the Latin magazine interviews. Yeah, no, we we want to spread diversity <laughs> everywhere. Like we want to spread the word, and we love the Asian community. And so. Uh, thank you for for thank offering you. your time with us. And I'm gonna get you, let you get back to the karaoke and the oh and all that. Stuff. <laughs>
Come on, she's not Asian, that way. Okay. Not a girl. Okay, I am, but I won't. I'll hold back my Backstreet Boys music. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that tonight. Maybe. She's like, you're going home. Right. She's not, she wouldn't let me do that. She won't let me do that. Uh, thank you, Laura. Awesome. Okay, this is great. So there you go. That was a little wow, a little taste. I wish, I wish we could have had the whole interview, but again, it was really loud. This is wow. you know they had karaoke there too. Stuff was going shit. I didn't wow. do the karaoke because I don't know those. I can only do karaoke with people I know. It's like a trust thing. <laughs> so I, I'm not trying to do karaoke with like no one there I know. It's just me and Fatima. No, and she doesn't like it. So I, it would just it would have just been me singing some Backstreet Boys songs to strangers. No, that is like your go to. That's so funny. I wanted to shout you and Fatima out for experiencing this. You are immersed in the culture. You have married into a Filipino family, so you must have felt a certain type of pride going to this event as well, Jamie. Didn't you? I did. I did. And it's and just knowing her family and it's definitely cool to immerse yourself in in the culture. Right. And uh, because there's so many, um, you know, there's so many facets and like, you know, it's not just one thing. Like there's so much to offer in the culture, that stuff that I wouldn't have not known if I wasn't really kind of uh, now kind of now half of my family now is is. Filipino wow. because you know um so it's great and they know how to you know they know how to party too so it's all good like they, they they do it up they do it up I didn't know until the Asian community was so big until I went to Flushing Queens when I went to Flushing that's when I really knew and I walked in those neighborhoods I was like wow like forget about Chinatown like in Queens is like oh Queens yeah like, you go go oh forget about some it, of the man. food in Queens is, is is ridiculous like just to go to a yeah. field trip just to get food and then bring it back to Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, wherever borough. Um, so, yeah, great. You know, it was great. And also just kind of like, you know, the fact that Diageo is like reaching out to the API community to combat the anti-Asian hate. Wow. Uh, you know, right. they're spreading that yeah, message yeah. as well. And especially in New York, you know, for some, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's that. That was, that's you know, a, right an now, issue. Huh? That's still an issue. Um, so... But it was a fun night. Um, I mean, and, and luckily, we, you know, we got to go there for like the, these were the, this was the night before it officially opened. It was a one night thing. So the regular people went the day after, the night after us. But I was with the kind of, you In know, the, the you VIP the people. The so everybody was like dressed really nice. And I was like, Dang. okay, maybe I should have. All right, all right, all right. Maybe I should have worn a it shirt like without that? stains on it. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> wow. We were just okay. We were just good. <laughs> So shout out to everybody that that hooked us up for that event. Um, it was fun. Food was delicious, and the drinks were tasty. Nice, yum. And I really love that you know we here at Latinos Out Loud like are proud to showcase our support for the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. And I thought it was just so great that they invited us to this event because you know we are different, but we are similar. And mm. showcasing that we're allies, it just elevates the voices even more. So and Laura said the same so thing. Awesome. Laura was like, "Oh, it's so cool that you know, like a Latino podcast is here, um, yeah, re- like, you know, mm-hmm. reporting about this event." And it was like that was cool. And um, so yeah, shout out, shout out to them, shout out to her. And she had just come back from the White House too. Like she dressed like Oscar De La Renta was, was dressing um, the, the the first lady. 
like a couple like wow. a week like a week ago. Wow. Holy cow. She was doing big things, so I was giving her props for that. So Well, we've got like these fashionistas coming through on the Latino podcast. Okay. Diana Heredia of Carolina Herrera. And Jason Wu. And now we've got Laura Kim. Hello. I was a little nervous talking fashion on, on my own. I'm like I was about to throw out like you know Oshkosh Bagash or something like <laughs> some embarrassing way. Like, I'm like, wait, what? Uh, Laura, talk to me about this new top that I just got. I got this top from the Thought Shop. Are you familiar with Thought Shop? Yeah, it's, thought it's what shop? the thoughts wear. The mm-hmm. Thought Shop. That's like the where the mannequins yeah. uh, are are very uh, curvy. Yeah. This right yeah. here is Thought Shop, actually. This little piece, <laughs> this number is Thought Shop. It, it's very Thought Shop because it's a crop top Thought Shop. Hey, you know what I mean? Little so, Thought Shop of Horrors. Yeah. They should do little a remake. Little Thought Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Jamie! Hey! <laughs> Frank, did, um, you, um, yeah. did you travel anywhere? Did you, did you do anything fun? Well, you know, I just I'm coming down from doing the film out in Staten Island, so I, I took up a job Todavía. now. Are you wrapping up? Yeah, what yeah, is this? I, the apocalypse I, now of Staten Island? Like, <laughs> then I took up a new job now. I took up a new job, guys. I'm I'm installing cameras. I started installing cameras out in the Bronx. What? So, what? yeah, this guy it's, it's, is like all over the place. Yeah, man, I'm installing surveillance cameras out in the Bronx. I almost got killed. Some kid wanted to kill me. He was like, "Yo, my man, don't point that at the corner, yo. It's gonna no. be some problems." Yo, I was like, "Yo, dude." I'm only doing my job, you know. He's like, yo, my mans, do not point that at the corner. It's crazy, Can you man. put some on the MTA? Because it seems like th- there's no work all the time. Yeah, yeah, the MTA's going to get some soon. And the buses, too. Yeah, it's going to uh, get crazy. I didn't know you do that. Like, you always surprise me with the stuff that you end up doing. Right? I'm doing this job where, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm building a Ferris wheel. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? How do you have the, how do you have these skills that we haven't heard about? <laughs> I got a lot it's of really skills, amazing. man. You know, I take up with it, but it's it's good, man. You know, putting up, making the safe the the city safer. You know, putting up these surveillance cameras. So let's see how this goes. In the year 2022, are we gonna get 4K street cameras? I feel like we still get Your that same question. security camera the, the, footage the, yeah. from the 80s. You can't make out who it is, and it's blurry and. Why do we still and have And then that? they expect everybody, they put it on the news, like, this is the man we're looking for. That's a man, <laughs> looks like a chia pet. <laughs> not yet. Now identify this man in the streets. And now with the mask, it just looks like the, like the mummy, you know? They all look like mummies, like mummified zombies and shit. I'm like, can we update? Can you go to Sharper Image and buy like bulk, bulk cameras for the streets? Right. The uh, assailant has a mustache. Really? That's a mustache on the camera? It looks like pizza. Looks like he was eating pizza or something. What type of bullshit is this? Yeah, but the, but but it captures rats perfectly. Like, anytime there's video of rats, it's like, Crystal clear. Why do I see this so Crystal, clear? Crystal clear. This is the news story on the rats with the visuals behind them. We have actual footage of a pregnant rat giving birth in the sewer. We're going to go live to the footage. Why is that crystal clear? Why is the rat giving birth crystal clear? Why is, why is like the rodent placenta glistening? Why, why am I able to see that so clearly? And I can't see like a gang of five guys walking in the street, you know, because it's it it looks like, you know, the first black and white television footage. (laughs) 
Oh, well, guys. that's the gang <laughs> attacking somebody? It looks like they're doing a conga line. What is this? <laughs> I've had, I, have, I have, like, family videos from, like, the 80s with those big video cameras that look better than... The footage the they get from quarters? the streets. The the, oh quarters. God, they hated the camp. <laughs> Honey, smile! It's your birthday. Get that thing out of my face. That was always the video in my yeah, house. Exactly. <laughs> it looked like a big movie camera. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like my father would act like. My father would like take video of him video himself in a mirror in the old videos, and you could see that it, it looks way bigger than him. Like he's a small dude. It looks like he's holding like that boombox from the guy from like Do the Right Thing. It's like he's like Radio Raheem. It looks like he's holding up a, a, a huge ass boombox. But no, it was the so top big. of the line video camera from Radio Shack from 1988. No. So that held the VHSs inside. That's yeah, what they yeah. recorded on those giant yeah, yeah, VHSs. Yeah, yeah. They were so heavy. Oh my God. Oh man. Ooh. Oh man. Ooh. Are we supposed to be doing a podcast or are we just talking and kicking it? I'm like, I don't even know what we're doing. I laughed so hard right now. I forgot oh, where we man. were. So yeah, guys, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I'm hoping <sighs> to make the New York a safer place. You know, I'm probably going to do this for another month and then I'll, I'll see what I move on to after that. Well, Frank, your resume must be 30 pages long. <laughs> the next thing is going to be like, yo, I got this new blacksmith job that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on. I got to go to um, Pennsylvania. Um, yo, they asked me to put up a reservoir in between Colorado and uh, Mississippi. So I'm building a reservoir. Yeah, hey, fun. You, you never know, man, guys, you know, the hustling job of, uh, you know, a creative in New York, nah, man. You, know, you gotta take I, what I'm you get. You know, hunting now and shit. So like, I gotta. I, we're looking at some haunted spots up in Jersey right now. So, <laughs> Frank, what's that noise? Where are you? Oh, yo, I'm cutting down trees in Canada. Yeah, Christmas season is upon us. There's good money out here. Let me find out you the Latino brawny man. Where the Latino Paul Bunyan and shit? Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we gotta stop. It hurts. My cheeks hurt. I think we have a guest. Oh, we have man. a guest. Yeah. We gotta talk oh, about our guest. Oh man. Oh yeah. This guy's gonna get. He's gonna get us up there. Ooh, oh yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Speaking of getting us up there, he takes people to what he says, the 99th floor in yes. the clouds. Oh, so yeah. I'm so excited. You guys know I experienced one of his dinners a couple of weeks ago uh, where we shot a segment for a cable network. I can't wait for that to air to, so I could share. But for now, we have an interview with none other than Chef Miguel Trinidad. Yeah. everybody this is the part on latinos out loud where we interview fill in the blank i say mm. it every week oh my someone amazing. amazing amazing you know what's even more amazing is when i asked him like yo what's like your former title like how should i introduce you he was like amazing human and he's right. right he's an amazing human and he's gonna cook up some stuff for us right now on this podcast please put your pots and pans in the air for miguel trinidad that is the best introduction I have yeah. ever had. Okay, okay, that's not the first time that I've heard that, but I'm going to accept it. Thank you so much for, like, really just appreciating your intro. And thank you so much for being on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. I'm really loud right now. I'm going to take it down a few notches. The red bar on my, you know, recording thing here is like, be quiet. Be quiet. Oh. Okay, settle down. Settle down. I'm just really excited to have 
Chef Migs on the show right now. Okay. Wow. He is an iconic figure. We've been talking about him. Your ears must have been ringing. Hmm. They must have been ring-a-ling-a-ling, <laughs> full bell ring because <laughs> Shaba, because we've been talking about you for a while and like wanting to go check out your cuisine. Dare I well, say little, the C word? Your blank yeah. cuisine? Mm. Can I say, say it on this C-word. podcast? Say your the cannabis. There's nothing wrong with the C word. Your cannabis cuisine. We've been wanting to go for a while. I'm sorry to cut you a off. A long time. Long time. Were you going to say something? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys, I've been a fan of the podcast for a while. I'm oh, a little God. offended that I didn't get a whoop. Because, you know, other people get wow. it all the time and everything. Oh, but it's okay. You know, I, I think I have to earn it. You know? <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Me being I'm Dominican so, and all. Wow. I'm so touched. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> touched. <laughs> Frank. I, can't, it's nice. I don't have any words. <laughs> No, wow. no, it's okay, like, so- you know, it, thank you so much for inviting me onto this. You know, it, it's it's something that I've been following for a while. I I met Rachel, um, what, a month ago? Yeah. And it seems like, you know, we're family already. But that's wow. how Latinos roll, you know? It's like we 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 connect on one level and it's like, that's it. We're, we're locked in forever. Para siempre. I, I already got 99th floor tattooed on my back and I'm committed. <laughs> Damn, you beat um, me to it. <laughs> I had to because we're family and I, I'm loyal. I'm a Leo. So it's a small one. You can't even. And it's also in Arabic. So nobody could really figure it out. But anyway, I don't know why I chose Arabic, but there's different languages on my body, i.e. there is Hebrew. It's so weird. OK. Hi. So we met a month ago and literally that's how we roll because I met you and we just hit the road on a road trip to Napa from Sacramento Airport. And we were on the road and learning a lot about each other. It was me, you, and Juan Roland. Shout out to Juan Camilo Dykeman Beer, who we also have to have on this podcast, ASAP Rocky. Okay? Um, I'm on it. Uh, And then we just started talking. And again, I've known about your brand. I'd really like to get into it, or one of them, I should say. So one of the things that you have discovered is cannabis cuisine through your brand, 99th Floor. So if you wouldn't mind, Chef Migs, please tell our listeners all about 99th Floor. Well, thank you. And uh, yes, let me tell you a little bit about 99th Floor. I'm Miguel Trinidad. I am a born and raised New Yorker, grew up on the Lower East Side. I am one of the founding partners of 99th Floor. And what is 99th Floor, you ask? Great question. 99th Floor is a cannabis culinary dinner party. And that is just part of who we are. And we do these dinners to promote the brand to promote our edibles line, which should be released within the next year once everything is legal in New York City. Right. Right. Our mission statement is to destigmatize cannabis through the universal language of food. And the way we do it, the way we do it, not anybody else, the way we do it, we do it by microdosing. Mm. So it's like for all those Latinos out there, for all of our mothers, our tias, you know, that generation that has looked at at, at cannabis as the devil's lettuce, as you start with mm. this tecato, it's like, I wanted to change that conversation, right? Yes. I wanted to educate people on the medicine of the plant and try to steer my Latinos away from all those pharmaceuticals that they keep pumping into our bodies to just keep yeah. us quiet. You know, it's like the medicine that we get from this plant keeps Latinos loud. 
Right? Wow. Keeps us alive. I like Vibrant. that. Keeps us alive. Absolutely. Yes. That's who we are. And it just keeps us there. <laughs> Holy That's smoke. amazing. I feel yeah, high literally, already. holy smokes. Yeah, I love how you just said that. We're just we're just throwing them out there tonight. Wow. No um, we're just Frank, a bunch right? of stoners. We're just a bunch of stoners. You know what I mean? Um, okay, there's so much to unpack here. So one would hear cannabis cuisine and I don't know, think it's like your average like hot dog sprinkled with some keef. Okay, or like, you know, something simple. I just want to tell all the listeners I'm going to debunk that myth right now. Because what Chef Miggs cooks up is literally it's it's high quality, thought out cuisine. Mm. You go there for an experience. He also tells a story through food. You know, I peeped that. I peeped that. I was like, this is so planned that it tells a story. So could you go through like what a menu or maybe the menu that we had the other night or, or what a typical menu or average menu looks like at 99th floor? Well, just like any chef preparing a meal for, for guests, it's like I look for the best quality. So whatever strain I get that is the best quality is what determines the menu. So I take that strain, I find out what the effects are. I want to know what the terpene profile, terpenes is the flavor profile. Mm. And that determines the menu that I come up with. Now, I want to take you on a journey and I want to play with your palate, but I also want to play with your mood, right? Are I want you listening to, you- to this? This wow. is exciting. Oh, I'm gonna man. Start I got to go on mute. I got to go on mute. I'm going on mute. <laughs> I'm like the Dominican Harry Potter, okay? Ooh. I pull out the chancleta and it's like I cast my spell and everybody is having a great time. I want to make sure that that experience puts you, you know, in that mood because I want you to feel what's the best way of describing it. Think of it like drinking a bottle of wine or, uh, you know, uh, drinking some brugal on the weekend. It's like you're not chugging the bottle. You're going to sip it and your mood's going to change throughout the evening. Uh, It's going to enhance your mood. This is exactly what those meals are all about. I want to play with your palate. It's like, I want you to take a bite and I want that finish to keep you wanting more. So you're going to want to come back for that bite. It's like, once you walk out, you're like, damn, I can still taste that. I want more. Right? Mm. But the effects that you get from it, it's like, you know, there, there's euphoria. We take away all inhibition. Um, we bring people out of their shells. If you're, if you're an introvert, it's like these meals and the strains that I use make you an extrovert. So like that, you can mm-hmm. talk to the people about mm-hmm. it and learn more about what it is that you're getting into, you know, and you make connections that will also last a lifetime like me and Rachel. Wow. Yes. We we experienced so much together. It's going to hard. So it's, it's hard to summarize. But I remember when we got together at this beautiful beautiful test kitchen in a really cool part of Brooklyn. I didn't know what to expect, guys. I actually, okay, can I confess now that it's like post? I'm going to recap. Like, I thought I was going to walk out of there, you know, like half-baked, you know, like, you know, Chappelle and his gang, like, yo, talking to horses, you know what I'm saying? Feeding snacks to the police horses, you know what I'm saying? You remember the movie? And and no, that wasn't the case. I was euphoric. 
I also made strong bonds that evening. You're absolutely right because we all experienced this together and there was nothing like the moment where something was served and nobody, like all conversation halted. You could have been in the best conversation. It could have been like, right. So I actually have a third arm and I store it in my, oh, wait, the food's here. (laughs) Then the food is served. All eyes are on the food. No one's talking. And then we all recollect. We all get together again after or actually no I'm lying there's another step there's that oh my god and we all look at each other like oh my god Mm. like it's so good like mmm okay so confession all right a few confessions uh chef Miggs and I spoke about my food allergies and I also told him that I'm not necessarily allergic to seafood but I just don't partake me in the sea like I'll swim in you see but that's all I can see you know what I'm saying that's all I want to see so he told me he's like there's going to be seafood on the menu and I want to read you this menu because I have it in front of me it's amazing um and, and I tasted everything And I ate seafood that evening because it tasted so good and it didn't taste like seafood. Mm. Um, I also left again feeling (laughs) like I wanted more. I was so sad that the meal ended. True talk. And it was like a thousand courses. Like, don't get it twisted. Uh, (laughs) Courses kept coming out. No, courses kept coming out. And it was like another course. So things like pea soup with canna cheese and caviar. Damn. Let that sink in. Pea soup with canna cheese and caviar. Okay. Dino. Here, do you want to add anything to this, chef? Before I jump to the next item. I think you forgot the crab that was in there. The crab. Ooh, the crab. Yeah. And you. So you know, this was a this was a very light oh. dish. Something that I wanted. You know, every dish has a purpose because I want it to be the delivery system for the medicine that's coming into you. All right. So that being a light summer dish, fresh peas playing around with the can of cheese. So, you know, again, it's like we, we put a lot of thought into it. It's like I actually made that cheese and infused that milk. I infused the milk in order to make that cheese so wow. I could have that cannabis oh flavor into gosh. it. And then it had this chorizo oil, which added this little smokiness. Oh, the chorizo oil. How can I forget the chorizo oil? I know. How can you forget the chorizo oil? I'm going to because you have to sl- you, you have to slide in some Latin flavor in there in every single course. You know, that chorizo oil so just brought everything together. Wow. Miguel, you must be like a scientist because to inf- you, you talked about microdosing. How do you how did you get to the point where you measure all these different, you know, oils, whether it's milk, whether it's an oil and you infuse this like and not overdoing it? Because I know I mean, for me, at least when I eat it. When I eat edibles, they may, I may overdo it. I know that from, you know, speaking to, shout out to Vanessa Perez, Butterfly I... Trees, she loved you and she loved, you know, <laughs> that 99 th- uh, floor thing you were doing like pre-COVID. So I was hearing about you a long time ago and I've heard that, which, you know, you have something that you don't overdo it. How do you control that? How, what is it? What is the science to it? Well, I'll tell you first, shout out to Vanessa, Butterfly Treats. Awesome person. That's our homegirl for life. Got so much I'm going to see her tomorrow, by the way. We have lunch on the calendar. (laughs) Familia. You give her a Mm -hmm. big kiss and hug for me. I will. You know, the inspiration for microdosing was I got really fucked up at a dinner. Okay. I was at a cannabis dinner and, you know, this was right when we were starting and we wanted to check out what people were doing. So we went to this dinner and it was just way too strong. You had 30 strangers on a rooftop Hmm. who were stuck 
Like nobody mm. was talking because, you know, it's like we've all had that bad experience when it comes to edibles where you're holding on yeah. to your seat waiting for that ride to end. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a comfortable experience. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going to do this, you know, cooking with cannabis has to be done right. So every single person that comes in, whether they're a novice or they're an expert, can have an amazing experience and never be to the point where they're stuck. Because I love people coming to these dinners and I love every single individual, but I also need them to leave because I can't babysit the whole night. <laughs> you could do and it I'll, all night, yeah. And I want them to leave in a you know elated mood, in, in an elevated mood, and feel happy, and really think about what just happened. And would I come back again? And would I tell my friends? And is this something I can bring my mommy or my tia to? And would they be cool with it? You know. And I think that that's the conversation that we're trying to have when we present these courses and these meals. Yeah. You also told a very moving story about a family member who was anti-cannabis and whom you are now the edibles supplier for. (laughs) Could could you talk to us about that? Because we all have those people in our family that are like, ah, no, no, you know, don't don't tell your father. But then they're like, you know, suffering from osteoporosis or, you know, any of the osises, endometriosis, and then they pop an edible. They're running a marathon in the park. So (laughs) talk to us about that conversion and that family member, if you don't mind, uh, and that story, because I think people will relate. Uh, I will tell you that that person is my mother, and I'll tell you that if she listens to this podcast, she's going to be like, no, that never happened. I don't even know who this kid is. I don't know him. This was one of our missions with 99 Floor. It was like, you know, especially for me in the Latino community, I saw my mother at one point, she was consuming like 17 pills a day. Right. Wow. Three yeah. of those were antidepressants, uh, mm. antidepressants. Another couple were like pain medication. And the combination, it said on the label, oh, we'll make you drowsy. But if you're taking five pills that make you drowsy, what are you going to do? You're going to sleep all day. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, there was a good three months of, you know, my adult life where my mother is like every time I want to see her, she was in bed. She was tired. She was sleeping. And I'm like, what's going on? And I had to get more involved and call the doctors up and be like, hey, what's going on? There's too many medications. And then reading about the side effects of all these things. And I'm like, you know, if you just took one edible Mm. or, you know, a topical or a tincture, it's like Mm. you can eliminate eight of these pills, right? You can eliminate the the one for depression, the one for anxiety, the one for to increase your your appetite, yeah. uh, the pain medication. You know, use some topicals to take away you know your back pain because you're sleeping all day, so now you wake up all stiff. Yeah. You know, so I went ahead and I tried to convince her, and man, I failed at every single turn. Wow. wow. No, no, yo voy a en la calle vendiéndome el cuerpo. Yo, you know, I'm going to be a prostitute. I'm like, mom, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Yo voy a ser una craquera. No, no. Y el doctor, si él me saca sangre, me van a meter presa. I'm like, mom, that's not going to happen. It's like, first wow. of all, nobody's going to arrest a 70-year-old woman for taking a little bit of weed. Right? Where? So I had to change the packaging, change the delivery system. Like, mm. I needed to understand who my mother was. My mother has a sweet tooth. She loves chocolate. Ah. So I bought her some chocolates. I bought her some chocolates that were very low dose. 
and I left it in the fridge and I said, Mami, mira, le traje uno dulce. Right? It has weed. <laughs> it has weed in it. I'm going to leave it here. If you feel like you want to try it, go for it. Right? And she told me she took one and she had the best sleep ever. Right? Wow. I left it there and I remember coming back a week later. And usually, you know, New York City, I go, I press the buzzer. She lets me into the building. She unlocks the door. So when I get up to the fifth floor, the front door is open. I open the door and I swear to God, I saw my mother skip. Wow. Wow. I swear to God, I saw her skip towards me. And I'm like, hey, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) She was floating, huh? (laughs) She was floating. And we sat down and we started talking and she was so animated, so full of life. She was the woman that I remembered as a kid, you know, who was just so animated and so lively. And I'm like, mommy, what, what's going on? You're like different today. And she goes, I me comí dos de esos dulces, pero no me hizo nada. Ah. I said, okay. You know, a week later, she's like, hey, se me acabaron los chocolates. Y tú pasas por aquí, tráeme otro más. And I'm like, okay, okay. Now this is this is the door opening, right? And this is me having to educate her on what food is. So like, she comes over to my house for dinner, and I'm like, hey, taste this. That has weed in it? I said, yeah. Okay, just a little bit. Right? Uh, and that little bit will eventually, you know, grow into a, a dose or something that she's comfortable with. But it's baby steps. And, and this is, these are conversations that I have with all my Latinos. It's like, how can we pull our relatives away from all these medications? How can we show them that this isn't bad? Because as Latinos, we can go out on a weekend and drink all weekend long, get wasted, stumble in the streets, and that's okay. But you smoke a little weed, you'll crack it. That's true. Mm. That's, that's, a, that's yeah, the stigma. That's the lessons. Um, uh, oh, those are the lessons that, you know, remember like back in the day in elementary school, junior high school, like in my school in Brooklyn, they had like the local 61st precinct, like uh, lieutenant come in. And he's like, all right, kids, these are barbiturates. All right. You don't want to do these. All right. And, yeah. He's the like, all right. Program. Right. Then he's like, and this is Mary Jane, marijuana. You don't want to do it because it's a gateway drug. All right. It'll lead you to the barbiturates. It'll lead you to all of these oids and stuff. And I remember like them teaching us this stuff. And so our our parents and generations before that are also under that same train of thought. The gateway drug. Remember that term? It was freaking everywhere in the 80s. Marijuana is a gateway drug. And the 90s and the 2000s. It's now like slowly disappearing because everyone's seen that it's bullshit. Mm. Okay? Um, Okay, talking about dosage, I want to just call back to the experience I had at 99th floor. Um... I want to just shout out what you do. And now, look, I'm not a pro, but I am a connoisseur. Come on, Rachel. Come on. All right. All right. Yeah, but what does that on. mean to be a pro? Like, OK, I'm a connoisseur. I'm a huge fan. I partake for a multitude of reasons, recreational and also to help with other things that I'm suffering from. So I appreciate when you give us the dosage at each course. He will present the course and then 
talk about the dosage. So all mm. the mathematicians at the table are like, all right, do, 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 like calculating. We're up to 12.5 grams. <laughs> you know who is the, the mathematician at our table? Shout out again, Juan Camilo Dykeman Juan. Beer. Yep. <laughs> he was the accountant. He was like, all right, guys. So we're up to 22.5, I think is where we netted at. Wow. 22.5 grams. Which, mm. um, wait, milligrams. Milligrams. Sorry. Milligrams. Yeah, yeah. Chill, chill, My bad. Yeah. Milligrams. Which actually is a really good dose. It's a little, I mean, for me, you know, again, I was handling it very well, very, very well. Uh, and I was still having a great time. Um, but I think that's a really great number to net out at. Do you ever alter that number? Do you ever switch it up? Or, or how do you even get to that number yourself? I think that that number, you know, our meals, including the cocktail, rounds out to about 25 milligrams per you know, meal. And I think that's a good place to start. Now, do I change that? I do have some people that come in that are heavy hitters and you know, they have a little extra sauce on the side. Ah, I see the extra. Sauce on the side, Margaret. All right. (laughs) But you know, if people want it, if people want, you know, to get a little bit more elevated, I change the delivery system. So depending on the meal, for instance, if I was to infuse butter, it's going to take longer for your system to absorb as if I was using coconut oil. Holy oh. shit. That's, you know, science, man. I so look at it, but like, do you, you really, know, my mind is, all right, right, blown. That's why, you know, when you come in, it's like I start you off with a cocktail and a tincture. You know, that cocktail is infused, um, the tincture is infused, and I use that, that tincture in the cocktail. So like that, you know, within 15 minutes, it's like, Wow. If anybody's a little nervous, I, I've just calmed you down. It was now a great... See people it, was, talking. it was like, you know, the plane landing in Bora Bora and getting the welcome hibiscus drink, you know? <laughs> I was like, this? I knew right off the bat that this was going to be a mother effing experience. I got real excited. I was excited already, but to, like, be greeted with that was really heavenly. Um... Okay, and now we must celebrate because, correct me if I'm wrong, are we going to jump for joy for the first permanent pop-up? And and I gotta oh, tell you, I'm jumping even where? more for joy. Yeah, we, we're gonna uh, give, no. give us all the info. But more exciting is that, like, yo, they're celebrating with music of two of my favorite rappers. We need to understand what's going down here. There's a lot that I just said, oh, Chef Mix. Please explain this news, if you may, well, if you will. Uh, you know, we we are still waiting for everything to be completely legal. So for our members only, we are still providing uh, a service, right? Where we found a space, an amazing space that Rachel was uh, fortunate to see. And we are doing, that is our permanent space. Amazing. Oh my God. Congrats. Go ahead. So, you know, we are hosting a couple of dinners in June, a few dinners in June. Yes. uh, Music theme. The first night is going to be Biggie. You know, what? a tribute to Biggie. The oh, second baby. night is Jay-Z. Baby, baby. That's right. The second oh, night man. is going to be all Jay-Z, you know. Oh, and my God. Really, that's my man's right over. there. It's over. You have to come, bro. You oh, I'm in there, bro. I still got a seat for that Saturday if you want to come. Oh, I'm in there, bro. I'm in there. Mm-hmm. Don't even say say no more. 
Yeah, I yeah. want to go too. I want to roll. Um, that sounds really incredible. If there's space, if not, I understand. Those that have not experienced it, I really want you to experience it, Frank. You know, oh, I can't double dose. Like I would, I can't wait to do it again. But I don't want to take a seat away from somebody who hasn't done it yet because it's so great. <laughs> well, that's I... really exciting. So that's sort of my next question too. I want to talk a little bit about the legalities around this, right? Like. We are in a transition here in New York, right? Legalization has passed. We're all still kind of learning. What can we walk in the streets with? What can we keep at home? You know, there's this commercial playing everywhere now. I don't know if y'all heard it called <laughs> Join the ca- the Cannabis yeah. Conversation. Guess mm-hmm. what? Sidebar, total sidebar. I auditioned to do the VO for that commercial. I'm just ah. saying. And I'm like... I would if I would have gotten. I'm just saying it, it wasn't meant to be, but I'm hearing it everywhere, <laughs> and in Spanish too. But I love the commercial. When I auditioned for it, I was like, I love this spot. I hope I get it because I love it so much. We do need to have the cannabis conversation because we all need to be educated on the rules. What can we do? So in this space, Chef Migs, what can you do? What are you allowed to do? And how are you maneuvering these legalities? And what do you need to become legal to like then say, all right, everybody, the floor is yours. The door's open. Open Hmm. sesame. Well, you know, much respect to the Office of Cannabis Management because they're still trying to figure out what the rules are and what the laws are. You know, the laws have been written, but what have, what are the regulations? You know, like when you hear that commercial, it's like, you can walk up to, you know, you can have up to, you know, three garbage bags full of weed on you and walk down the street and hand it out to everybody, but you can't take any money for it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the rules are still being um, identified. They're still being written. Um, all those regulations will come into effect within the next year. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have been operating in the legacy market and, you know, they, they, everybody's showing respect to the OCM. It's like, they're not going out there whiling. You know, there's not, there's, there's some people that are in Washington Square Park setting up tables and selling weed. Yeah, uptown too, man. The they, they, they got menus what? on the streets out here, man. And out in the high school. It's getting crazy. Uh, the dreads is still out there with the lamb spread, you know? Aye, um, aye, Rasta, 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 uh, aye. I got that kush, uh, I got that kush. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. You know, we all bought, we, we, were, we all bought from the dreads at one point in our life in Washington Square Park. Am I wrong? Oh, Did yeah, we all buy that days, dirt? Yo. It was dirt. <laughs> Listen, I it used was... to work on West 4th Street and I used to just bring some food. So, you know, I worked at a Mexican spot. He's like, grab some vegetarian burritos, Walk over to the park and be like, yo, I trade you. Right? I, it's a businessman and a businessman. So, you know, there was a couple of dresses that I knew. It's like, ah, oh, there he come. It's like, what you got for me today? And I was like, what you got for me? Right. Like, it all depends. You give me dirt, I'll give you half of this burrito. You want the whole thing, you know, give me the Bombo fire. Clot. Give me the vegetarian burrito, man. Oh but God. yeah, you know, we're still operating... Um, Quietly, you know, uh, like I said, it's for members only, and we're still trying to figure out what is it that we can't, what that we can do. I do know that once this becomes legal, alcohol will not be able to be served alongside these meals, mm. nor will we be able to, you know, sell any of our edibles through that. Which is fine because you know this platform for us is about education. Like we're educating people on how to use it correctly, how to infuse it, you know, and I want to teach the world 
how to infuse properly because you just can't dump a whole lo- bunch of medicated butter into your arroz con pollo and expect yeah. <laughs> not to be like holding out to your seat. You know, it has to be measured properly. Uh, so this these dinners will will do that. It'll educate people on how to how to cook with it, how to dose properly, how to microdose, and how to enjoy it. I I remember there were just some you know, I don't know what you call it in the culinary world, but I'll call them like embellishments to the dishes where cannabis was infused. Un por ejemplo, I believe it was the crab. I'm not sure, but there was keef around it, right? You used it. And I don't know if that, it looked so good, but it was also edible. Like it was cooked keef, right? Um, if it I'm not wasn't mistaken. Keef. It was, it was sh- like, I took some of the flour and shaved it. Oh, oh. Onto the top. Okay. So wow. it's like you get, Think of it, it's an herb, right? So the flower in its raw state is an anti-inflammatory, right? Once you apply heat, activate THC, that's when you have the psychoactive effects. Mm. So you can chew on a bud and it's like taking Tylenol, right? <laughs> it's going to take away your headache. It's going to take away your, your pain. Um, applying heat activates it and that's where you get the effects. So if you got a nice lemon kush and you shave it it's like sprinkling some lemon parsley on top of your pasta Ooh. wow love kush man i love the kush i love the kush man yes yeah. um my next question is actually about your training could you tell us about your training and your past and sort of what led up to where you are now so when it comes to my training I or, went or your to, experience or you've been or in the everything. service industry. Yeah, you've been in the service yeah. industry for a long time. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Your, your your history. Me and you talked about that. You know uh, earlier. Yeah, so I started working in the service in- industry when I was seventeen. That's wow, me too, man. Me too. Me too. You know, I worked at Benny's Burritos in the West Village. <gasps> I wow, love I was a delivery it. boy. Oh I love that place. Uh, okay, and I. I worked my way up from there, you know, to management. I worked every position in in the restaurant, server, busboy, manager. And just, you know, it was only inevitable that I would lead into the kitchen. I've always, I've cooked since I was eight. So cooking was always something that inspired me and drove me. Uh, As I progressed in this industry, I got into catering. I launched my own catering company. Wow. I was paying my chefs way too much money. Uh, 9-11 hit and a business that was doing extremely well, I lost 70% of my clients. Damn. Like, everything just crashed. So I said, let me go to culinary school and see what this is about. And literally, I saw the commercial on TV and rolled the next day and started my journey to become a chef. Wow. Wow. Now, now I, I did the work study program at ICE, the Institute of Culinary Education, where I worked for the school in order to pay for my tuition. So I saw the commercial, I enrolled the next day, and I started literally working with other chefs. Like I was working for the school. So my first experience in this culinary school was with Chef Richard Rubin, and he's Mm. doing a recreational class. And he said, take your ego and throw it out the door. This is Mm. the rest of the class. He goes, you can make the best dish in the world and you can get tons of accolades for it. And one person coming out, one ingredient to make it better, and that's it. You're done. So there's no ego. Food is a living art. For uh, me, those words ooh. just inspired 
you know, it gave me my trajectory. It's like I knew that I was going to experiment and I was going to disrupt, you know, the culinary <laughs> world, right? Because I was just going to do shit and be like, if it tastes good, I don't give a shit if these are the rules. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Uh, so I started doing that. And, you know, when I graduated in, two, in 07, I literally started working in Soho at this restaurant called Lola. Oh, I was there for... I Okay, right? Southern food, gospel brunches and everything. Mm -hmm. I was there for two months. And I I listen to the chef and the owner get into an argument. And she gets fired. Holy smokes. And then the sous chef said, well, if she's gone, I'm gone. And and they both left. And the owner comes up to me and goes, you want to be the chef? I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> he said, "Don't worry about that. I can. You know how to cook, and you know how to run a team. I'll teach you the rest of the stuff." I... And that was the start. I was in the right place at the right time. Two months out of culinary school, I'm the executive chef of Lola. Wow! So oh my god! We're just blowing up the whole scene and just like, you know, messing things up. And it was it was a great experience. Like it, it just put me in a place where I knew that this is what I needed to do. Like wow. food was my my canvas. Wow. And I mm. needed to, you know, paint the picture that I wanted on every single plate. Ooh. Miguel, tell us real quick the inside. I mean, I worked in the service industry myself for over 10 years in New York City. Tell us what a chef has to go through because I've seen chefs in that kitchen, man, and it's no joke. The pressure to produce, like, on a Saturday night or a Friday night. So tell us what that feels like, man, to put a team together and go through those, through those, you know, through those hard weekends. Tell us what that feels like. Well, you, first of all, you have to be a masochist because, you know, it's just pain, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're going to be in a kitchen that's pumping, that's going to be hot. You're going to be juggling multiple personalities, front of house and back of house. Yeah. So in order to be a chef, you have to be highly organized. You have to be a leader. You have to be confident. You have to stand by everything that you do and you got to have the back of everybody in your kitchen man Mm. no matter what it's like those guys it's it's very much like the military it becomes a brigade everybody has their role you know right like when we're in service it's yes chef no chef i don't know chef there's no other conversation Mm. and we need to focus and just be zenful you know for me that saturday night when it's slammed and all tables yeah. are booked, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and be like, "Chef, there's a table of fifteen that came in," and you're like, "Yo, we we are cranking." I'm like, <laughs> for me, it's just like everything goes silent, wow, and I'm at peace. But that's the way my brain works. Other people, you know, lose their shit, but it's like my brain works. So I'm like, yeah, just bring it on, no matter what. Yeah, and like, you got to be the enough. captain. You got to be the captain of that ship, man. Of course, there's no problems. There's only solutions. Hmm. Yeah, man. I could imagine. I've seen it in action, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a question about the future of this industry. Um, I think you're a pioneer. I think it's safe to say that you're a pioneer. You are leading the charge. Do you see this as a trend? Do you think that we will see more restaurants um, infusing cannabis? Do you think that there'll be restaurants with both types of cuisine offered one day? Or Mm. what's the future? What's the future of this industry under your hazy crystal ball? (laughs) 
Uh, my See smoky what I did crystal there, ball. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah hazy. it's hazy. It's hazy. My purple hazy uh, crystal ball. <laughs> I love that you went up that. That was perfect. Uh, I do see it. I, I see it very much, you know, like alcohol in the prohibition era, right? Um, people weren't cooking with it or people, you know, there was a lot of restrictions on what you can do. I do see the culinary world changing where you will see cannabis cuisine. You know, you have people like the pizza pusher who's like doing his yeah. like weed pizza. Yeah. And, you know, God bless him. It's like he's he's crushing it and he's doing his thing. There's a lot of cannabis. I've been faithful to you. I haven't gone, bro. I've been faithful to you, bro. I haven't gone, bro. People have been inviting me. I was like, nah, I got to go to 99 first, bro. Me neither. I have not gone. <laughs> Let me pop your cannabis cuisine cherry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I do see it um, changing. I I do see the whole conversation changing. And there's a lot of talent out there. And once we can incorporate it freely, it's going to be a completely different world, man. Hmm. I think there's going to be less fights in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. And don't we need that right now? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Everybody needs to just chill. And I really think cannabis is a great global solution. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You said that laughing, Rachel. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is a global solution. It really is. It works for everybody. It's a common denominator. It works no matter what. Um, who you are, where you're from. Okay, look, I know there's future Miguels listening to this podcast right now. There's little Miguelitos. Little Miguelitos out there that like to cook, that like cannabis, that don't, probably before this podcast, didn't think there could be an actual profession that they could make money in. And, you know, maybe they're thinking, how do I tell my family I'm into this? Can you give any advice to those future Miguelitos, those Miguelitos listening who, you know, maybe want to go down a similar path as you? So all my future Miguelitos out there, one. <laughs> please don't add an echo afraid. to that. Please add an echo, okay? Uh, Augusto, please enhance that. Okay, I'll shut up. Uh, one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try anything. You know, I've lived my life by the motto, like, people tell me you can't do it. I'm going to do it twice just to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. So get mm-hmm. out there and do it. Don't be afraid. Just try Cause if you don't, you're never going to know what you can achieve. Mm. And, and damn, it's like, you know, take it easy. Don't be smacking people upside the head with these strong ass edibles until you know exactly what you're doing. Okay. You don't want to scare people away. You want all that support. Good. Yeah. And wait, I, I should have added this part to the question too. How can one get educated on like dosage and tinctures and all the stuff that you know so well, like a science? How did you do it? How can the Miguelitos do it? You know, this has been seven years in, in the making. So, you know, there's been a lot of trial and error. Mm. Like, some major errors, you know. <laughs> I could imagine. The way. But it's like, oh shit, when is this gonna end? It's been like eight hours. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! Wait, hook it up. I would like no? to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but for those that want to learn more about it and how to dose, it's like you know we're gonna be putting out some videos and stuff and some tutorials. Uh, we're currently working with 
you know, we're working with a couple of colleges to create a cannabis course. Wow. Right? What? So, yeah. Cannabis Holy curriculum? I'm Holy with that, yo. Smack. Yes. I'm telling you. And it's going to be available to everybody online, you know. Yo. So, the, so that's something I can't mention the colleges yet because, you know, contracts haven't been signed. Harvard, Harvard, Yale, Columbia. So, you know what? I hope it's Harvard because then uh, the oh. payout will be huge. What? What? You know, come here. Do it, do it, do it. But there is going to be some cannabis curriculum. There's cannabis curriculum that's being created right now. Um, In the meantime, you know, hit us up, follow us up, follow us on 99th Floor. That's 99THFL on Instagram just to stay up with what we're doing and get this information. All right. Yes, you guys, please put your pots and pans in the air again. An emphasis on the pots for Miguel (laughs) Trinidad, 99th floor. Check him out. Miguel, thank you so much, Chef Migs, for blessing us with your time and knowledge and just enlightening us and our audience. That was so amazing. Wow. Right, Frank? Are you not like... I'm on the 99th floor. I'm that high. In the clouds, bro. (laughs) Que, que. Ay, qué lindo, uh, los nubes. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you <laughs> thank so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Best, this. best of luck to, thank with you. everything. We are going to watch you from afar and just light some blunts for you along the way on this successful career of yours. Aye. You're amazing. We'll blow that smoke towards my orishas, you know? Aye, aye. 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 Put the blunts aye. in the air for you, my yo, chum, baby. There you go. <laughs> That <laughs> was so great, you guys. Wow. Yo, Miguel, I see you I see you on that Jay-Z night, man. Definitely. What All night right, is that? So what night is that again? What 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 date is that that's again? That's gonna be the fourth. Saturday June, the fourth. June fourth? June fourth. Yep. Oh my, my my dude, I see you there, man. Okay. Uh, I will definitely see you there. I don't know how I could get in touch with you. I'll hit you up on the I'll hit you up on uh, IG. Yeah, well, you know. I follow you. I follow you on IG. Rachel has all my math. Está bien, está bien. Tato, Tato. Thank you. Lo vemos Muchas gracias, hermanito. Thank you. Gracias a ustedes. Oh, my God. I'm still up there, Rachel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm yeah, up there in the sky. Mm-hmm. I got the munchie mm-hmm. now. Oh, Where Lord. Where are the munchies? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yo, it was an experience. I have to share with you if you get the pleasure of doing it and being at the table at Chef Miggs's table, you will never regret it, nor will oh, you ever man. forget it. It oh, was man. I'll never forget that night for the rest of my life. I've never done anything like that. And I'm so glad he was the first. He he's right. Whoever pops that cherry for you will mm-hmm. always be ingrained, maybe not in your heart, definitely in your belly and your brain <laughs> yeah. for life. Because the food and the experience and the people. And shout out to everybody who I was with at that experience too, my fellow Latino hive heads. Um, Cassandra and Sylvia and Anthony and some new folks that I met that evening. Juan Camilo was there too. Anyway, um, I'm really inspired. Also, just from an entrepreneurial POV, you know, his spirit, him overcoming myths and people trying to add stigma to what he does, including his own family and just overcoming all of that. That's really inspiring. And everybody could do that, you know, in their own right. We, we all face obstacles. Um, I'm a mompreneur, you know, I'm a mompreneur. 
Yeah. I'm a mom entrepreneur. I'm running a few different small businesses and it there are challenges. There are obstacles. I go home to Brooklyn sometimes and my dad's still like, nah, Rachel's not working. I'm like, it's because well, I don't have a nine to five. He thinks I don't work. I'm like, what are you talking about? I work, I'm working <laughs> harder than I've ever worked in my life. Uh, and they also still think I have a radio show and not a podcast. So sometimes there's just no converting. <laughs> but shout out, to, shout out to Chef Migs who converted his mom into a cannabis wow, consumer. Wow, that was interesting, huh? Right? He, yeah, he turned mom into a little uh, a podcast. Head on the on the low. On the like low. That. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, but she got rid of the meds. You know, I like that. He got rid of all those be- all those meds, man. And that's that's you know, I'd rather do the the weed than take all those meds. Those meds destroy you. So shout yeah. out to him, man, for you know helping his mom convert, man. We got. I think a lot of us got to do that with our parents and our significant others. Sometimes that don't want to partake in it, and they all they're taking uh, prescription drugs and messing themselves up. So. So that I wasn't was, in this was interview. To- was he saying that the 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 food that was infused with the weed it helped his mom's health? Well, his mom was taking prescription medication, and um, he saw the he he saw that his mom was was actually you know suffering from taking all that prescription medication and sleeping he, all day, right? Sleeping all day and looking all you know out of it, and he you know he recommended that she take some you know he he did some chocolate. Um, edibles for her with low dosage, which you could call microdosing, and <clears throat> she started taking it and she started liking it. And he saw her her mood change; she became more jovial and she became more lively. More lively, and, mm-hmm. and he saw a great difference in her her mood and her and her health. So that's awesome. He, he knows it works. Yeah, microdosing though, like you know, when it comes to chocolate, I'll always eat a little bit more than I should, and then I'm in the right. corner like. You well, know. he's a maestro at that. I'm in Jamie, the corner, like, you know, in the fetal position for like for right. 20 minutes. He talked I'm like, about I think that. I ate more than I was supposed to. I right. think I ate too he much of about the brownie. That. Right. He microdoses and he knows exactly what to put in each one. And he tells you exactly when you're eating, when he does his full course meal, he tells you exactly how many milligrams he's putting in each in each course meal. So you kind of keep a tally on, you know, on what you're consuming. I mean, like Rachel gave me all those edibles in uh, California. You, you saw me on the floor, uh, Jamie. So, <laughs> <laughs> why uh, yeah. always Rachel gave me the edibles? Why? I did heard I you on the floor too. <laughs> did I stick an IV in your arm, melt the chocolate, and put you were it giving the me? IV? You were giving no. me edibles the whole week, and I just—I mean, I, at the end, I just couldn't take it. I was like out for like I don't know how many hours. There was like I, a room full of people, and I didn't even feel them. I was, I was sleeping just in the sharing. middle of a room. That's what we do. We share. But yo, I didn't put a gun to your head. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the gummy got me. Um, the gummy got me that that trip. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, gummies yeah. Are, are but he also like like, you know, I love how you said it. He's a, a maestro, he, uh, not maestro, a maestro, a maestro. Like in that he also programs the strands too. So like he'll infuse the it's just like I guess flavors, you know? Like you know right. what flavors to combine when you're a chef. Um you know what condiments to add to your to your staple items um and he just has it down to such a musical science didn't it just wow. sound like a a beautifully composed 16 bars of food it's wow. really amazing that just seems like if you need a professional like that to help you with that sort of your recipe because I could see someone yeah. effing up, just like, wait, you put the whole batch into it? What the hell? I told you a little bit, a microdose. I don't know Why what microdose the- means. Look what you did. Why are the people, the guests at the table, dancing the lambada on the table? 
What did you do? <laughs> we often reference the lambada on this because, show. I think it's yeah. like Jamie's love for it. Now I love it because you love it. It's just such a great because reference. Because it's, you know, it's forbidden. That's why we the love forbidden it. Dance. Yes, um, the forbidden dance. Shout out to him. I, like Again, I wasn't in his interview, but I had been to some of his uh, past restaurants where he was a chef. Uh, a place called Ma- Maharlika, which was great. Yeah. And um, another okay. place called Jeepney. So, um, mm. I would have. Wow, look at you. I would have, yeah, I would have thrown those, those, those restaurants out if I was in the interview. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't make it. But if I see him next time, I'll be like, yo. Yo, dude, you got to go June 4th, man. You have an open invitation, man. Jay Z, Biggie, come on. Yeah, that, yeah, I heard that in the interview. That was cool. The cool, uh, the so, mixing of like the hip hop culture with that. I love Let's it. Let's do it, Jamie. It. Let's go. Love it. Love it. Let's go. I'm going to be there, man. Let's do it. Um, do, do Let's get nice. Let's get nice. Let's get nice, yo. Why don't we get nice and do a que lo que? Oh. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Let's do that. Here we go. Boom, segment we've got a lot of que we've got a lot of lo and we've got some more que so what should we do first i mean we've got some shout outs right anybody want to go first toss the Uh, coin in the air frank call it heads or tails tails okay it landed on here take a look it's uh there's no coin it's heads it's heads i let one of someone one of you two go Go wait what that was you just uh, all the signs were pointing for you to go further. You just flipped the script. <laughs> right. He uh, totally cheated in the in this fictitious game of tossing the coin in the air with no coin. Wow. <laughs> all right. If you guys want, I go first. I don't mind. Yeah, go, I go first. first. I go, go first. first. Why not? I want to give a big first. shout out to uh, an event that's going on on June eighth, twenty twenty two. It's uh, uh, one of our former guests, uh, Lemon Anderson. He's having a one night only event. Okay. Go what? to his page. Yes. Check it out. I'm it's at a right secret now. location. So I don't know. It's a one night only thing. This is big. It's for the Puerto Rican Day Parade thing. It's Lemon Anderson. This guy is intense. Um, you got to check it out. Look it up. Go. It's going to be on point, yo. Oh, wow. Wow. This, there's some secrets to this. I'm looking oh, yeah. at the page now. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, hopefully, okay. I'm, I, I, hopefully, I'm going to be in the building. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I, I'll let you guys know how I went. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see if I can get in. It doesn't. It looks like there's a process to get in. I don't know if I'm yeah, going to make yeah. it past the criteria here, but I'm going to try. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm going I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm to talk about it if I get in there. Let's see what happens, guys. Okay, okay. Be like, yo, Lemon, yo, you know me, bro. What's up? We're Facebook. Yo, Lemon, we're, we're, remember we're me? Instagram friends. Come on, bro. <laughs> remember from Latinos Out Loud? Yeah. He is me. a former guest of the show. Check yes, out his episode is. and drop yeah. some gems and knowledge. Even work yeah. his way into our promo video because he dropped so many gems. Yeah, He's really man. brilliant. Shout out to him. Yes. Fabulous yes. writer. Yes. All right. And every time he talks, it sounds like. He's in the middle. Yeah, of he's poem. intense. Yeah, when, it sounds like he's one of the only people. He's one. Of, I swear to God, the first time I met him, I swear <laughs> to God, the first time I met him, he like I got like fucking like he froze me. Like he has this, he has this stare and this look that is like yo, like it's an old school New York look. Like he'll yeah, freeze yo. you and you fucking like, and not too many people fucking freeze me like that. I was like, oh shit. I was with Mike by the way. I was like, 
And he was like, yo, what's up, man? And I was like, uh, what's up, man? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, he's intense, he, man. He got the storyteller voice. So he'll be like, yeah. he'll be yeah. talking to you. He'll be giving you directions. Apollo, and it sounds yeah. like some poetry shit. God. He's like, yo, yeah, you got to yeah. go down a Canal Street. Street. Make a right. <laughs> you see me outside of Soho House. Then go upstairs. Yeah. And we break bread. Yeah, and it's like, damn, that's deep. That's, you just wrote that? Like, he's like, what are you talking about? Why? Just give you directions. Why is everybody putting their lighters up? You just gave street directions. I don't understand what's happening. Why are people snapping? I just asked how to get to the store. Yo, he's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. He has, that's the Lemon Anderson effect. He just has it. Yeah. You know? Yep. For yeah, sure. I've seen it. I'm witness. It's those eyes too. There's their stories deep behind those pupils. Yeah, man. And he also has like mad daughters, so he's ready to fuck somebody right, up. You know right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you got it right. He got that. He's you just fuck ready. around. Brooklyn, yep. I got yep. daughters. What's yep. your story? Look yep. into my eyes so I can see. Yeah, that's you got cool. it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Frank. Let him know where to follow you. If they're Follow not me. already. Nibs0125, on, yeah. you know what it is. Instagram, you know. I'm Facebook, Frank Nibs. You know what it is. You know where to find me. And on right. Twitter, I got Frank Boogie. I, I don't know. Maybe we call somebody from Twitter. Maybe we get my Twitter back. It's Frank Boogie, you know. So you know what it is, guys. You know where to catch me. All right, Frank Boogie. But that's a good name. It's a good name. You just want to be Nibs0125 across the board? Yeah, I'd rather be Nibs0125. All right, put it out in the universe. We'll see. Maybe some people okay. from Twitter are listening. All right. Okay. All right. All right. What's next? What's next on the docket? Um, let me just do my shout out to Yellow.com. Mm. Much love to them. Yes. If you don't know who what Yellow.com is, it's a Latino men's online destination for news and lifestyle content. Yes. So, uh, but they're taking it serious uh, lately with the rash of hate crimes recently. Yero is is taking a look at what a hate crime is according to the law and what it will take to get justice for victims. Wow. So, you know, we like, we were mentioning before some, you know, there's a lot of Asian hate crime. The Jewish community has been, has been dealing with a lot of hate crime rate recently. So, um, Yero is, is, um, is tackling this, this pretty heavy topic. Wow. So check it out. Visit Yero.com. light the, on this, man. Yeah, man. So visit Yero.com for the whole story on that. Uh, shout out to, um, shout out to myself, I guess. Go check me out on Instagram, Jay Ferns. Mm, all right. <laughs> Jay underscore Ferns Twitter, you know the rest. And yeah, let me check I will that out. Hold on. leave it to Rachel. Okay. Yeah, guys, uh, you can follow me at Rachel La Loca, R-A-C-H-E-L, La Loca, on mm. all the socials. Um, some fun stuff coming up, some more comedy shows and events, especially this summer. This summer is going to be so popping. Oh, Yo, I agree. God. Oh, wait, did I, I didn't mention, but we had a, we had, thank you to um, the studio uh, that hooked us up uh, with Top Gun Maverick tickets. Oh, right, you guys. I couldn't make it. Jamie, did you have fun? No, it was great. It was it was uh, an awesome sequel to Top Gun. I'm a fan of the first Top Gun, even though it's very nice. 80s and, and kind of cheesy okay. and doesn't really completely hold up the first one. But I still love it. And this this one is does it delivers, doesn't disappoint. See wow. it, see it on a big screen. See it with some loud, a loud theater because there's a lot of like fighter pilot battles in this that are just like you need to hear it in the best surround sound would you uh say it's better than the first one 
Um, yeah, I think it's a, a better move. The first one is just kind of is so 80s that you can't recreate it. And I don't right. know if you want to recreate it because it's not going to, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm nostalgic for it. So I like it. But there's some people wow. that yeah. used to like it back in the day and they see it now and they're like, how did I like this movie? The first one's a little bit like uh, a lot of cocaine <laughs> when it was involved in the making of that film <laughs> or the writing of that film and, and stuff like that. But um, this new one is like very, it's just well-made, polished, directing is good, action is good. Um, but it's really the Tom Cruise show. So if you're a Tom Cruise fan. Well, right. it, um, it's, I'm glad. It sounded like the movie took your breath away. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, was the song in the sequel? Was it or no? Because that, to me, is such an that iconic That one wasn't. Song. They did bring back uh, Danger Zone. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So they played that one again. Into the Danger Zone. And when you hear that, you start, that gets you into it. Like, I literally... I was in my seat just like, you know, the people next to wow. me probably were like, well, are you, why are you dancing? You guys Holy are such shit. guys and I'm such a girl because you hear me. I'm like, what about the song? The take my breath away. <laughs> like the kissing scene? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh they had like an God. awkward sex scene in the first movie uh, with that song. It was like, yeah. I don't know why the way it was filmed. If you ever see Top Gun again and you see that sex scene, you're going to be like, why was it filmed like this? It looks so awkward. <laughs> It looks like they just met and they just like were forced at gunpoint to have a to have a, a love scene. And this movie, there's no love scene, you know, there's little kissing scenes here, but nothing crazy. So I don't think they had a spot for it. You know what I mean? But if they um, you know, and and um well, I don't know if you want to see like, you know, Tom Cruise as well at sixty years old with some on some raw sex scene, you know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point. Not that being ageist. I just I don't think he wants to be in some raw shit either at sixty. Keep that, yeah. you know. Keep it classy, you know. If it's an adult relationship in a movie, they could just kind of no saggy balls, no saggy balls. That was it doesn't have to be <laughs> raunchy. It can be sweet. <laughs> well, check out Top Gun Maverick in theaters May twenty seventh, and shout out to the studio for always inviting us to these fabulous films. Damn, Jamie, you've been going to all the events this week, yo. Holy I'm not an event smokes. guy, but this week for some reason was my. Was my week to do it? You know what I mean. He's still he's still COVID untouchable. Remember, he's still Super yeah. Mario. Right, so right, right. So yeah, maybe because now I was like, now I feel like above the law without you know since I got it. I'm like I got I got at least a couple months here of where you get that power up shit like in a video game. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like I got that yeah. shit. So. Um. Okay. So my only. I mean, I don't want to get into too many shout outs. My only other shout out is gonna probably turn the dial here a little bit because we here at Latinos Out Loud, our hearts hurt so much. Um, Our hearts are shattered, actually, uh, just given this horrendous tragedy that took place in Texas yesterday. 19 fourth graders, two adults. um, Wow. at Rob Elementary School. I there's so much that we could talk about here on Latinos Out Loud. Sadly, it looks like most of the children most of these children, if not all, just not sure, but they all look Latino. They mm. all look like our people. Um so I I would just like to ask everybody listening to this podcast right now to join us in this moment of silence for the victims and the families of the Robb Elementary mass shooting.
It's hard to look at these pictures. Thank you so much, guys, for your respect and for joining us in a moment of silence on a podcast. It's weird. We're not at a live event, but it just felt right. There's so much more that we can do than just moments of silence. Let's not be so silent about this one. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it on this podcast some more. And let's talk about some changes that need to be made to this country because we cannot become numb to school shootings. It's not something that we can just see on the news and be like, yeah, this has happened before. We're, we're numb to it. No. Mm. Not, yeah, I not, mean, no. how many of these kind of tragedies are going to happen before? It just seems like it's, a, it's the same kind of deja vu. This happens, people up in arms, and then nothing happens. It's like everything stays the same. But, you know, again, it's all about money when it comes to guns. So as long as there's money... That goes along with it. There's going to be politicians that are going to, you know, disguise the reason for the guns as freedom. But really, it's more for it's a money thing. It's always it's always it always points back to money, you know. Mm. But don't get uh, don't get me started. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. On that note, we out.